Hello and welcome to episode number 66 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about comedy. Ricky Gervais of The Office fame, well, The Office UK, may have saved comedy last night in the 2020 Golden Globe Awards for which he was the MC. We all know we've been living in the world of snowflakes, where so many topics have been off the table. You can't say anything that might offend somebody else. You have to worry about what everybody else thinks. And because of this, the concept of comedy has really taken a hit. And Ricky Gervais is a guy who's talked out about this before, and I appreciate that. The monologue as a whole is worth watching. You can find it on the tubes. I recommend you do so if you want to get a glimpse of a true comedian saying things that he knows is going to offend. Not only that, but the jokes made, he knew not only were going to offend, but he knew that they were going to offend the audience in the crowd at the venue where he was performing, which is just. It's gutsy. It takes some balls. There's no doubt about that. When he talked about this, he said he figured that he had to be the guy and represent the people that aren't invited to these kinds of things. He said, should I worry about offending the couple of hundred overprivileged rich actors and actresses and producers and filmmakers in the audience? Or should he entertain the audience at home where there's a lot more of us at home? And he knocked this one out of the park, taking swipes at everything from Felicity Huffman, and of course, William Macy along with that, made the Epstein joke, and which is something if you're a No Agenda fan, you all know the Epstein didn't kill himself joke. He went there, and he got a groan from the audience, and uh, he didn't care. And more than anything else, it was Ricky Gervais saying that the crowd was just not in touch with reality and for this i think a clip is needed apple roared into the the tv game with a morning show a superb drama yeah a superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in china so well you say you're woke but the companies you work for i mean unbelievable apple amazon disney if isis started a streaming service you'd call your agent wouldn't you so if you do win an award tonight don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God. And, and he gets cut off there at the end when he says, fuck off, yeah, so take your award and go. And the crowd didn't seem to appreciate it 100%. The looks on the faces, on the video, a little bit maybe intrigued or miffed that these words were coming out of Ricky Gervais's mouth. And it's something whether or not, I don't know if these were just jokes for him. I don't think they were. I think he was actually making a bit of a political statement himself. But either way, he's making the point that this type of speech should be allowed. Comedy 
needs some leeway that some people are going to be offended and there's nothing you can do about it. And I've been thinking about comedy a little bit lately, going back to Christmas when we had a meal with my family and my nephew, who is 26 years old now, had never heard of the late, great Sam Kinison, a comic that really did change the way comedy was done. And he wasn't the first person to do so. Before him, there are a lot of greats that pushed the boundaries from Lenny Bruce to Richard Pryor to Eddie Murray. It's a mighty long list, and most of the guys that seem to go down as the greatest comedians of their time had a lot of blue material. Even Red Fox, I mean, if you're just familiar with him from Sanford and Son, go check out some of his uh, performances, and I think you might be surprised at the blue nature of some of his stuff. The only comic that I could really think of that was nearly crystal clean when it came to the language and the concepts that were being used was Stephen Wright, who was a guy also in his own right, very worthy of checking out just a very droll sense of humor. Things like I spilled spot remover on my dog and he disappeared. I mean, just really some good, thoughtful stuff that cracked me up every time I heard it. Sam Kinison, though, was a guy that made comedy a little bit edgier. He was known for his preacher-type delivery, and he was a preacher in a previous iteration of his life before he turned to comedy, and he was known for his scream. And to have somebody that lived on this planet now for like 26 years and has never heard a Sam Kinison bit, I felt a little bit bad for him. But it also explained a lot to me of exactly how out of touch these millennials perhaps are with the art and culture that precedes them. Sam Kinison was a guy we laughed with because the things he said held truth. And that is one of the things about comedy that I believe that will always be true is that if there's no little nugget of truth in there, that people don't laugh. There has to be that little bit of truth. There has to be an exaggeration. And sometimes people are going for nothing more than the shock treatment of it all, which is why guys like Don Imus and Howard Stern, amongst others, made a career out of just saying some absolutely crazy stuff. Don Imus, in one of his last interviews with Glenn Beck, Beck was razzing him a little bit because Imus had sent along a picture of his new puppy texting, I'm assuming. Uh, before the interview. And Beck said, well, in years past, I mean, Imus was the, the hard ass. He was the guy that wasn't going to let any little thing go by without hassling you. That's what guys, a lot of guys, between just their friends, you want to know why guys are always putting each other down, making fun of each other, slamming each other. It's because it's a way of communicating. It's actually a way of showing that you do like somebody more than you're really trying to cut them down. But in this particular case, Don Imus had sent Beck a picture of his puppy. So when Beck gets on the air with Imus, 
and he starts kind of razzing him about it a little bit. The first thing Imus says was, Glenn, let me tell you, my dog could bite your dick off. And Beck just laughed hysterically because this was the Don Imus. This was the say whatever you want. Say something to get a reaction. And there is a lot of that in the comedy of the past. Is there in the comedy of the future? I don't know. Because in a world where you can't offend anybody, it becomes really hard to say things that are actually funny. Ricky Gervais last night, I think, maybe changed that a little bit. And we're going to have to see where that's going. But guys like Sam Kinison, I remember distinctly him taking on things like world hunger. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stop sending money to world hunger organizations. Well, I don't want to seem cruel, you know, but uh, I'm, a, I'm an American, you know? You're just like you. I think we've done a lot. I think we pretty much fucking give out. You know, we give, we give, we give. And they fucking make these commercials to fuck with your head. <laughs> You know, you're sitting at home, you're having a wonderful time, enjoying what the fuck you put together from scratch, on your own, in your own life. You turn on the television and they got this fucking two-year-old, three-inch-waisted kids and we're going, and the voiceover's like, won't you please help? What kind of sick fucking bastard are you? How can you sit there in that air condition? Fully heated home with an icebox and cupboard full of food in a country where you can eat 24 hours a day while little Haji <laughs> pick up that fucking phone. Won't you please help? Kind of sick fuck are you? You really try to guilt trip the shit out of him. It's like, hey, why don't you feed him? You're only five feet away. Why don't you get him one of your sandwiches, you pack? for the day. How about? <laughs> Fucking commercials, man. You know the guy's right off camera with a baby Ruth going, they can't see me, can they? Come here. Come on, it's right there. Reach for it. <laughs> Come on, they gear these fucking things up to fuck with your head, man. They know what they're doing. Got a director there going, come on, don't feed him yet. Don't feed him yet. The light was bad on that last one. Let's get one more take. Come on, Haji, get back in the mud hole. Come on. Max, get out of here, these fucking mosquitoes, Jesus. We don't need that shit. You want to help them? You really want to help these people? Yeah. Stop sending them food. Don't send these people another bite. You want to help them? Send them U-Hauls. Send them luggage, folks. Send them somebody like me. I'll walk out there. Send a guy out there that goes, hey, hey, we just drove 700 miles with your food. And it occurred to us that there wouldn't be world hunger if you people would live where the food is! You live in a fucking desert! You understand that you live in a fucking desert! Yes! You live in a fucking desert! Nothing grows here! Nothing's gonna grow here! Son of a bitch. You see this, huh? You see this? This is sand, yeah. Did you know nothing can grow in this shit? Did you know that, huh? Here, eat some of it. Taste it, motherfucker. It's sand. You know it's going to be 100 years from now? It's going to be sand. You live in a fucking desert. Get your kids, get your shit. We'll make one trip. We'll take you to where the 
late, great Sam Kinison, guaranteed to offend any snowflake that might be able to hear what you're playing right now. And that's okay. It's okay to offend people. It's okay. Nobody has the right not to be offended. And Sam was a guy who took his comedy and he lived the life. And he was a rock and roll star. He was one of the biggest stars in the entertainment world. I saw a clip from the Joe Rogan show with comedian Lenny Clark, who was a good friend of Sam's, just telling a bunch of stories about Sam Kinison and just the amount of drugs and alcohol and insanity that surrounded Sam. And his celebrity was so large that it's the best story i heard to kind of put this into perspective was there was a night it was either in boston or new york at a club where eric clapton was there and phil collins was there and they're playing and sam kennison gets up and he's jamming with them because sam knew a little bit of guitar too and the party got going the party was going late there was some calls made to the police it was after the time the bar should have been shut down and there was a noise complaint so the police show up and Lenny Clark goes out to deal with the police. He's like, oh, you have five squad cars. They're all outside of the club. And they're like, hey, you know what? We, you got to shut this down. And Lenny's talking to him like, hey, you know what? I got I got Eric Clapton in there. And the cops are, they don't care. We got Phil Collins in there. They're jamming with Sam Kinison. And the cops go, oh, can we meet Sam? <laughs> that was, they didn't give a crap about Eric Clapton or Phil Collins. The cops wanted to meet Sam. And of course, Sam went out there and made everything better. And he was a guy that uh, knew the cops were somebody that you should be friends with because when you're doing as much dope as Sam was at the time, uh, the rumor has it, again, from Lenny Clark, the guy that worked with them, the, uh, every concert, every appearance, Sam would leave like 20, 30, 40 tickets for the local policemen to come in and enjoy the show. It certainly helped, I'm guessing. Unfortunately, Sam was killed in a car wreck, not of his own causing his comedic genius to be extinguished. But I think we need more people like Sam. Nothing wrong with yelling. Nothing wrong with screaming. Nothing wrong with getting a little bit offensive now and then to make a point. And if you're not familiar with Sam Kinison, and if you have some millennials in your family, turn them on to Sam Kinison because either they may see the light or they're just going to be so offended that wherever he is, Sam Kinison is going to be smiling either up or down at them as they get offended by his work. And Sam is certainly not alone when it comes to the comedians that I listened to as a kid. One of the first things I ever remember hearing was the Steve Martin album, which contained the track King Tut. And if you have never heard that, you have to go check that one out as well. But of course, Steve Martin was on Saturday Night Live. I'd seen those bits, but my parents picked up the album and probably didn't want me listening to it. But, you know, hey, they weren't around all the time. So every now and then I got to put that record on the turntable and just enjoy the comedy stylings of Steve Martin. The album entitled A Wild and Crazy Guy included this bit. But I'll be honest with you. You probably read it in Screw Up Your Life magazine, I mean, People magazine anyway. I used to smoke marijuana.
Friday something. I would only smoke it in the late evening. Oh, occasionally the early evening, but usually the late evening or the mid-evening. So I just, just had the early evening, mid-evening, and late evening. Occasionally early afternoon or the mid-afternoon or perhaps the late mid-afternoon. Uh, oh, sometimes the early mid-late early morning. But never at dusk. Never at dusk. I would never do that. I don't think I should. Okay, hey, Grandpa bought a rubber. And that's one of the interesting things about comedies. We pause that here for one second. Is that just random? Grandpa bought a rubber. I mean, I was probably eight, nine, ten when I first heard this album. Really had no idea what they were talking about. But to this day, every now and then, I just pull that out because it's something that stuck in my mind my whole life just due to the absurdity whether you know what it means or not not knowing at first but then once you find out it makes it even more hilarious and speaking of finding out that words may have different meanings i'll let steve continue i feel sorry for women and i'll tell you why because so many men think they're into this weird sex and i'm sorry that there's something wrong about that. And I wouldn't have said that, but six months ago, I met a girl, she was taking singing lessons, and her coach, 84-year-old guy, you think would be the last guy in the world to be weird. But listen to this. He kept wanting her to sing from her diaphragm. I mean, that would take years to learn that, wouldn't it? Now, now this doesn't happen very often, but about three weeks ago, I met a girl, and she was real nice, and she invited me to her apartment. So I went over there, and she had the best pussy I have ever seen. Oh, now, come on! about her cat. Now that makes me sick right there. No. No, you, you can't say anything anymore that people don't take it dirty and I'm sorry. That disgusts me. That cat was the best fuck I ever had. The great Steve Martin. And the fact is, there is a lot more offensive comedy than bits like these that I just played. And I don't think we need to play them all for you to understand that there is a place for this type of comedy. The misdirection, the innuendo, kind of inferring that something is going one way and then taking it in another. That's comedy. It's surprise. It's got to have truth. It's got to be able to make you laugh. And if you take all of the fun out of things, if you take everything offensive off the table, you're never going to laugh again. Here's the thing when it comes to guys like the late, great Sam Kinison, Steve Martin, who's still alive and doing his thing today, although now he's a banjo player. And as he'll tell you, you can't play a sad song on the banjo. You don't have to listen. Just like with this podcast, if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. And we appreciate the people that do. You don't have to watch any television shows that you think may offend you. You don't have to go to the movies that offend you. You don't have to listen to a radio station that offends you. 
you can choose what you want to consume, but you don't have a right to tell everybody else that they have to fall in to your way of thinking. And this is something that years ago was the religious right that was always blamed for trying to shut things down. Then we, of course, had Al Gore and his wife Tipper, as we've talked about in that heavy metal episode, trying to shut down the language, the scary, scary language of music. And we're back yet again in an era where people are promoting the idea that all speech should maybe not be free. And for those of us who live in the United States, a country that was based upon some very simple concepts, one being the freedom of speech and two being the right to bear arms. Both of these are under attack at this point. And you have to realize if the First and Second Amendment fall, so does the Republic. So does any concept of you having freedom. So I hope that people will stand behind the Ricky Gervases and show the rest of the world that maybe there's some money in actually being funny. That this whole concept of not offending anybody is not a realistic thing to strive for because nobody knows what is going to offend one person or what is going to offend the next person. Anything you say can be offensive. I pointed it out before that anytime somebody brings up the concept of man-made climate change, I'm offended. So what do we do now? If all offensive speech has to be squashed, then there will be no more speech whatsoever. And the comedians, guys that maybe you never gave a whole lot of thought to as far as being the guys that are holding the flag and marching for freedom, a lot of these comics are doing just that by pushing envelopes, seeing how far they can go, seeing exactly what polite society will accept. I mean, we all remember, well, maybe we don't because a lot of you were younger now. I'm feeling old yet again. When Michael Richards, the guy that played Cosmo Kramer on Seinfeld, was bombing at a comedy club, I believe it was one with a heavy black audience, and he just started yelling racial epitaphs because that was his way of pushing the envelope. And of course, he was booed off the stage because you have to know your audience. You have to know what you can get away with. Do I believe that made him a racist? No, I don't know what is in his heart. I don't know what he believes, but I do understand a comedian looking to shock people. And I understand that people should have the right to try to offend other people. Again, you don't have to buy their product. You don't have to laugh at their jokes. If they're doing something that absolutely nobody likes, they're going to change their act anyway because there's no money in doing an act that absolutely nobody cares about. You know, unless if we go into rock and roll for a minute, punk rock, G.G. Allen, well, then maybe you want to go that route. You want the audience to hate you? Perhaps G.G. did some very disturbing things during his concerts. I mean, hey, if you can't take a crap on the stage and then throw it at your audience, I don't know what you can do in rock and roll. Maybe that was pushing the envelope a little bit too far, but I don't think there is any pushing the envelope when it comes to freedom of speech and using language in any way that you see fit. 
If I can circle back to Ricky Gervais for just a moment, I do have to say two of the best one-liners that he pulled out in the monologue, and spoilers, if you haven't gone to listen yet or if you think this is going to spoil it for you, hold your ears for a minute. But he was talking about Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, and he made the comment that Leo's last movie was so long that he got to the premiere and watched the movie, and by the end, his girlfriend was now too old for him. (laughs) And uh, they cut to Leo, and he was laughing, nodding, and saying something to the woman next to him. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe guilty of that. And the other one was talking about Martin Scorsese, talking about the state of the entertainment industry, which he lambasted by saying that movies now have lost what was once a golden age and are now nothing more than theme parks with a bunch of people wearing masks and capes put onto the silver screen. And Ricky Gervais said, you know, I don't know why Martin Scorsese is even talking about theme parks. He's too short to go on any of the rides. They cut to Martin Scorsese, who was nodding his head and laughing, and I believe mouthed the words, yeah, I am short. It was good to see those two guys not taking offense, at least not publicly, to the comments that Ricky Gervais shot in their direction. And it's something, again, I think we have to understand that it's a part of the culture, and it's a big part of the culture, and you have to ask yourself why people want to change that part of the culture to make speech something that could jail you speech that can ruin your life i don't understand it we're going to be talking about i'm sure on the upcoming grumpy old bends that i'm doing with larry blydner this friday about hate speech because it's something that is really truly concerning when you see things in the news that we talked about here on random thoughts i believe the guy that burned the lgbtq flag and got 15 years for a freedom of expression and we have to wonder what road we're going down and we need more comedians we need more sam kinnison's we need another lenny bruce we need more guys that can stand up and show the rest of the world like ricky gervais did yesterday that sometimes comedy might be a little uncomfortable but it can still be damn funny and they should have the right these comics as well as you and i to speak our minds and say things without fear that offending somebody is going to put us in handcuffs and get us hauled down to the local police station. We're in a whole new year now with 2020 and nobody knows exactly where we're going. And I'm not big when it comes down to things like New Year's resolutions because I've never really seen the difference between December 31st and January 1st. If you need to make a change in your life, if you need to get healthier, if you need to stop smoking, if you need to exercise more, whatever it is, waiting until January 1st to do, that's probably not a good idea. Any day you can start making changes. So I've never really put a whole lot of faith into these things that people call New Year's resolutions or the people that walk around after like, hey, what were your resolutions and have you kept to them? I've always made it really easy. I don't make any, so it makes it really hard to either keep them or not to keep them. But if I had to have one for 2020, that would be that the whole damn world starts getting a sense of humor again and really wakes up to the importance of free speech and that people with kids maybe actually teach their kids that it's not their right 
not to be offended. Maybe they want to listen to that guy that's offending them and figure out where he comes from, figure out what point he's trying to make. And when it comes to comedy, it's okay to laugh a little bit at our own foibles. And it's okay to find something funny, even though it may be a little bit wrong. There's a reason why the shock jock has been around for so long, and it may not be high comedy, but it's something that I will fight to keep on the airwaves and here on the internet where so much of entertainment is happening now. And I would like to thank all of you for supporting this little podcast, the Random Thoughts Podcast. And if you want to do us a solid, you can go over to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and subscribe. That is the best thing you can do. After that, leave a comment somewhere, leave a rating, tell people you dig the show, turn one or two or three or four or 10 people onto the show and help us spread the word. And of course, if you want to throw a couple bucks our way, you can also do that at the same address. Click that little donate button gives you a couple different options you can make a monthly contribution or a single contribution no amount is too big no amount is too small of course if it's too big i may just retire and then you won't get any more of the random thoughts podcast but hey i don't see that happening so until next time i hope 2020 is treating you well i am darren o'neill thanks for listening